everybody. This is Atkins. And this is Adam. And we are bringing you one hell of a treat, if I do say so myself. We are covering, in this week's Kyo Cinema, the first ever live action, albeit unofficial, make or movie of Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball colon fight Son Goku, win Son Goku out of Korea, of all places. Yeah, and uh, you're not kidding when you say this is a treat of a movie. Like, it is so unexpectedly amazing and, and it's not even like amazingly bad it's it's actually a really good movie i was shocked by some of the production quality but then other times i was like nope there it is there's the ladder that you can see him <laughs> jumping off of there's the lines sure. that they're yeah. hanging from you know <laughs> you know one of my biggest gripes about this movie was the fact that they have like hair pieces for goku and like yamcha looks right but roshi and bulma aren't even close like they didn't even give bulma blue hair I don't know why they, they had the money to give Goku the right hair, but they couldn't dye Bulma's hair blue. And Roshi's is the easiest to get of all of them. He's just bald. Yeah. They gave him hair. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that was weird. And it looked like that guy was wearing like a weird bald cap, but it was yeah. it had like dreadlocks on the side. Which is why I'm like, why? Yeah. yeah. But but besides that, like everything else is actually pretty accurate. They've even got like a little stuffed cat for Poir. It was pretty cool who's smoking randomly and uh i was like for, in in defense of bulma even though they didn't do her hair some of her costumes were like pretty accurate to what oh, you would see on. in the anime yeah 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 i i will say this like if if you're listening to this hopefully you're dragon ball fans or at least fans of just adam and i which is fine this either camp that you're in this needs to be watched once because it is so freaking fun especially if you're familiar with the source material which is dragon ball if you are if you've at least watched up through the Pilaf saga, this is a trip of a movie if you're familiar with what it's riffing off of. So much stinking fun to watch. Yeah, like the first time through, there were so many times where I was just like, wait, they did what? I mean, it's, it's awesome. Uh, yeah. well, why don't you say we just go ahead and jump into it, man? We'll break it down. Okay, so this movie came out. It was released December 12th, 1990. Um, and like I've already said, it covers uh, roughly the Pilaf saga. Uh, and it opens up. We catch up with Son Goku, who is played. Uh, he's, he's, he's played by, uh, I'm sure I'm going to get this name wrong, but it's Hong Sung Tae, who is a Korean actor who is most recently, I think, well known for his role as Jong Duk Su in Squid Game. He's like the main antagonist, a bully character, um, who was also playing the games, not like the big guy behind the curtains, dude. Um, this was his first role as Son Goku. Uh, he's 12 years old in this movie. Uh, and I had read somewhere online, though I had a really difficult time trying to find any information on it, where he reprised his role as Son Goku again in something called Gangadu Fighter in 1992. Yeah, apparently it was like a bootleg TV series. I could, I literally tried to Google through it, uh, you know, a couple different searches and found nothing on it. So I have no idea what that is or if it's true. But that's what the internet says, so we're going to roll with it. Um, but we do catch up with Goku He's scanning the horizon. Uh, he does this front flip that basically gets copy and pasted a few times. <laughs> so Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it, it really, one of the funniest things about this movie is they, you know, this isn't Hollywood production here. So they're, they have to get creative with the way that they stage stuff. So one of the tricks that they use is they will just copy and paste a scene. Like you'll see it, uh, you know, reused uh, scenes over and over and over again, reused, you know, flips and stuff like that, just used yeah. and used and used in quick succession. The, one of the other things that they do that I thought was actually pretty cool and works pretty darn well is if they wanted to show somebody like being punched backwards a great distance in a single shot, what they would do was have them jump forwards and then shoot this thing in reverse and then play it backwards. So it looks like when they're punched, they go flying backwards up onto this cliff when really what happened is they were on the cliff to begin with and jumped down into the fist. I thought that that was a pretty smart little uh, editing tool. Yeah, you know, I noticed online when I was trying to research this movie that a handful of sites called this like a fan film because it's unlicensed. But man, I'm right there with you. Some of the stuff that was in this movie was incredible. Like the choreography and the fighting was great. A lot of the line work was great. Some of the special effects I thought were pretty cool, and, and the one that you just mentioned, they use quite a bit, and they pull it off really well. Uh, I think, man, I'm telling you, for what it is, you've got to watch this movie just once. After that, it's a little bit of a, a sluggish watch, but the first time, you're going to be surprised so many times that I think you'll be smiling the whole way through. Yeah, and you'll you'll see a lot of jump cuts for different effects. Like in this particular scene, he's he's he rolls this giant like cut of wood down to his house and he throws it up in the air and he punches it. 
Uh, and when, when he jumps up to punch it, there's a quick cut so that it falls down into pieces, you know, where it's, there's no magic to that. They just did a cut and dropped wood, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's all that they did. Um, but he, he gets hungry. He tells his grandpa Gohan, which is the four star ball that he's going to go out looking for food. So he does the thing that Goku does at the beginning of all the Dragon Ball movies and he goes fishing only he catches a fish by screaming at it <laughs> and it jumps yeah. up out of the water. Uh, and it's not a, uh, it's not a giant fish. I was pretty disappointed in that. Um, but it still just made me laugh that he just shouted this fish straight out of the pond. It was hilarious. Well, he ends up running into uh, Balma. Obviously, it's like the first scene that we always see where she's driving her car. He runs into the car thinking it's a monster and then sees her inside of it and kind of assumes that she's like a magic wielder. Uh, and she gets out and starts shooting him up. I mean, we see this scene every rendition, and it always cracks me up that they pull this off. And uh, he obviously is finding a woman for the first time and talking about how he has to marry a girl. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of insinuated like, all right, well, I guess we're going to have to get married. And so Bulma's kind of freaking out. Uh, but they end up going back to grandpa's house and she finds the dragon ball. And we see the same story all over where she explains what the dragon balls are and tries to take Goku's dragon ball. He says no. And then she just invites him along for the, the adventure pretty much like, all right, well, how about you just come with me and we'll go find all of them. Yeah, and it's funny that there's this running gag uh, in this movie that is, of course, is listed from the anime as well, where Goku doesn't know what a girl is. Yeah. Um, so, like, he even checks the car for a penis. <laughs> He's it's just trying ridiculous. to figure out what it is. Um, and he makes this comment to Bulma about if all people uh, outside of his small world, which was just him and his grandpa, if they all have an ass on their chest <laughs> because he's never seen boobs before. Right. Um, yeah, it's so funny. And the the anatomy jokes bet- between him and Bulma and uh, like they continue through the entire movie all the way up to literally the last scene where he's making uh, like penis jokes about the turtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do want to mention here real quick. So there is a a moment where Goku asks Bulma what her wish would be. And it's the same thing that it has been in all of the other renditions where she wants to have a boyfriend. She wants the best boyfriend possible. And I read a really interesting fan theory that I wanted to bring up on the show tonight. Uh, This was something I was reading on CBR over the past weekend. Apparently, a handful of years ago, there was a fan theory that Bulma was actually the reason that all of the Saiyans visited Earth. And the theory goes that between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, before Goku acquires the few Dragon Balls he has at the beginning of Z, she collected all of the balls and wished for a boyfriend. And the wording would have been something along the lines of a prince who was strong like Goku, but also smarter than Goku. (laughs) And so in a roundabout way, she ends up with Prince Vegeta. Uh, obviously there's a lot of holes in this because the dragon balls have never worked that way like they're always directly answer the wish i feel like uh but i just thought that was kind of funny i'm like man what if that that would be pretty nuts and it led me down that thought of surely they've got to have a committee or something on when they decide to use the dragon balls like no way they just totally leave it up to anyone at any point in time right I don't know, because there have been a couple times where even the good guys were seemingly going to, like, collect them and, and ask for a wish, like, clandestinely. Like, remember in World's Strongest, Oolong and Gohan, were they weren't going <laughs> to... They weren't going to include anybody, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man, that's just it's just an interesting thought. Like, they totally have access to this crazy power, and they're not regulating it at all. Well, we do, uh, when, when she does invite Goku to uh, join her on this adventure to collect the balls, she whips out the movie's version of Dragon Radar, and you said that you had found out what this gaming device actually was. It looks kind of like a Nintendo DS, where she flips open a screen, um, but it's, I mean, this is 1990, so it's like got Tamagotchi watch kind of graphics, and you determined that it was what now? Yeah, so that's actually a customized game and watch. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure plenty of people have heard of that. It's an old, old game. Uh, but I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. So she she says that the closest one is 1200 kilometers away and she throws a Hoi Poi capsule out and it pops into a motorcycle, which Goku, of course, reacts to the same way he does in the anime, calls calling her uh, a witch. I think in the anime, though, or at least in the uh, the first movie, The Curse of Blood Rupees, that she uh, throws out a plane. But I think we it's gotta, a plane, yeah. we got to keep in mind that this is like 
you know, on a Korean budget here. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Uh, it's the motorcycles, the best they're going to do. And he does get a chance to feel the chest butt after all, because he's he's riding behind Bulma on the motorcycle and has his arms around her. And she's talking about how he's tickling her and all this stuff. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the crazy thing is how accurate they were to the actual anime, like more accurate than the other movies, I feel like. Oh, yeah. They even go into here in a minute. They get introduced to the bird villain. Like I think it was a uh, some kind of a dinosaur in the original show or in the original manga. Uh, but they do a great job with it because they swap him out with this kind of like robotic looking bird villain, and he's he's online, so he's jumping all over the place. And they do that trick where they reuse a bunch of the footage. Yep. Uh, but he swoops down, and and you know it's funny because. Bulma's like, hey, I've got to go to the bathroom, so you're going to stay over here. And of course, this is another moment where Goku's able to poke fun at her being a woman and how strange they are because they're different than him. And uh, so she walks off and this villain swoops down and steals the Dragon Ball and actually lifts her up into the sky. And uh, so Goku has to come in and save the day. And there's a pretty awesome combat here. Like I said, the choreography is great. Yeah, there's one time where Goku is juggling the bad guy in the air with a series of punches that I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, um, and he knocks him out with a triple kick. Like, it's like a triple flick kick. It's really cool. Yeah, and uh, they, they they both, Goku and this bird thing, assault the camera for some, like, POV action in the middle of this fight. <laughs> yeah. um, there is a real backflip in it at one point from Goku, I believe, uh, but he ends up spinning in the air and, like, whacking the bird a bunch before he finally drops dead, kind of. <laughs> It's the silliest thing. This movie was so much fun to watch, man. I uh, man, anyway, we I'm, you're going to hear me wearing a smile as we're talking about this as I'm just reliving this movie all over again. Um, we do cut to a wee little emperor guy with long pointy ears. This is supposed to be the uh, pilaf, of course. He's not blue, um, but he does have um, some familiar looking cronies. There is a Mai um, who looks pretty pretty much like Mai. She just does yeah. very not Mai things later on in this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, Shu is there as well, or something that is supposed to be Shu, but he's like this Mech- he's like a robot mechanical wolf. man. Yeah. Yeah. Not a dog. And then there's a guy that's in Saiyan armor that the internet seems to think that's Nappa, but he's not. Like he's not he like has a name in this movie and it's not Nappa. And it does line up with another Dragon Ball character that we'll talk yeah. about a little later. Um but yeah, the Emperor guy, the dude is totally overacting and he, he is a freaking joy every time he's on camera because he is just totally cheesing this roll up, just being evil and cackly and all sorts of stuff. Um, and he's got a Dragon Ball and plans to get all of them to rule the world. Um, and they're, at the end of this scene, he's cackling, cackling maniacally before just snapping his attention back to this one ball like he's been enchanted by it. Oh my gosh, he was eating every scene that he was in up and it was joyous. If this movie was remade, today it would be andy circus in that role i mean it that's what i was reminded of the whole time he was acting was like Gollum or smeagol or something only like cranked up i yeah, mean this yeah. dude he was, was super like, goofy yeah he was way i mean he was on on a scale of like one to ten he was easily an 11 i mean he was just way over the top in everything that he did yeah well there is a hard cut right back over to bulma and goku who is who are using another hoi poi capsule for some lodging. And I thought this animation was really cool. Like Bulma throws out the capsule and then they used a bunch of fireworks to light yeah. up an area that was just already built. Like that was actually pretty cool. Uh, so at this point, Goku definitely thinks Bulma's a witch. And in this scene, they're actually watching the first episode of Dragon Ball yeah. inside her house. Yeah. And he's like, Goku's like, who's that guy in the box? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she just dismisses it as it's a famous old series. Uh, and then she suggests that they both take a bath. Uh, and then he's like, uh, I don't know what that is and I'm not going to do that. And she suddenly realizes that he stinks. And so there's some there's a comedic bit where um, she's trying like she's sniffing him out and then he's mimicking her, even her reaction to his own stench. Um, and then he does end up finally throwing Bulma ends up like throwing Goku down and snagging his nostrils before dragging him into the bathroom for a sponge bath. Um, there is some weird censorship here, too, where like there's this animated cloud. It's like already over Goku's crotch because it's they're weird. they're telegraphing this gag where his little like underwear wrap thing is going to flop flop down so that he's exposed in from in front of Bulma, I guess. Yeah. And he comments again on her butt chest. And then yeah. there's like another hard cut where he's just watching her bathe. And in my version, she asks him how old he is and he responds 14 and she gets upset and wishes him to leave because he's only two years younger than her. Right. 
He's got weird chest hair too. Like it's like yeah, it's like drawn on or yeah. like glued on <laughs> Super or something. Weird. Yeah. Why would he have chest hair? I don't uh, know. This gosh. whole this whole scene felt really weird and kind of forced. Like the way they handled it was really odd. I thought, but it was it was interesting. Yeah. We cut to um the the next scene. Goku is brings in dinner. Uh, like Bulma's like, where'd Goku go? And he brings in a snake, a bird, and a rabbit. Yeah. Um, and then it's this strange scene where like she starts throwing fruit at him, and then she stops throwing fruit to scarf one, like shove an entire like peel and shove like an entire like tangerine sized fruit into her mouth before resuming throwing again. fruit again. Yeah. I think it's just her way of saying it's cool. I can eat this instead. Um, and then also just having a reason to assault him. I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, the next morning, we're treated to a, probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Goku wakes up and he does like his morning routine, which is something we've seen in the anime, too, where he like gets up, stretches, smashes a few boulders, hits a few trees, chops some wood. Like It's just a cool thing that we see repeated uh, probably several times throughout all of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, I think. Uh, but in the midst of doing this, he stumbles across Turtle we've met plenty of times and he originally thinks it's a boulder but when he goes to pick him up the turtle is just like no no help me i'm dying and uh, so goku thinks originally it, that bulma turned into a turtle for some reason yeah uh because I, she's like, a witch that's the I reason guess so yeah but he just saw her inside <laughs> anyways yeah because the, he did the old pat pat on her before like he right. wakes up and like reclines onto her crotch and it's just like wait a minute there's no balls here <laughs> yeah yeah that's right that wakes her up and she's worried about her dragon ball so yeah, she. You'd think that she would be more concerned about the assault, but um, right. <laughs> but she's not. She just wants Dragon Ball. Oh gosh, this movie is so crazy. Uh, but yeah, he asks Turtle if it's Bulma, um, and Bulma comes outside, and the turtle asks for salt water and some algae. I looked this up. I don't know why I never thought about this. I was like, is he drinking salt water? Is that thing sea turtles do? And they do. Apparently, they just drink seawater, which makes all the sense. Yeah, uh, in, so. in hindsight, they have a special gland in their eye where they secrete the excess uh, saline out of their bodies. I had no <laughs> idea. Uh, you come for the Dragon Ball, stay for the marine biology trivia. Um, that, yeah, so it's and it's clearly a sea turtle in the middle of this forest. Um, and he says his explanation for getting here is so good because he says, I was looking for mushrooms and I missed. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> he just missed. What is that? <laughs> uh, so he says he's been looking for the sea for a year. <laughs> like he got lost it's crazy yeah (laughs) well goku offers to take the turtle to the sea and bulma's like we definitely don't have time for this it's like so far to the north uh but he says he will never abandon a sea turtle so he picks him up and just starts walking off uh and then like out of nowhere another villain appears and he wants the turtle he says that's my turtle and but he also knows about the dragon ball somehow he's just like and i also want the dragon ball i have no idea how you knew about that uh, but it's funny because this is where we see Goku's signature move, rock, paper, scissors. And he even walks off and tells Bulma, like, hey, let's play rock, paper, scissors. And then he says, this is what I'm going to do to take this guy out. And sure enough, he does. Yeah, this is an M. Bison robot looking dude that has a clearly glued on face beard. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's making all these threats, says he's going to eat the turtle. And he comes at Goku with a big sword. And Go- Goku does this really funny thing where uh, the, the enemy is charging at him with the sword raised. And Goku just says, wait. And then he walks over and does the rock, paper, scissors thing with Bulma. And for some reason, the villain is just like, he complies. He's just like, all right, I'll wait. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then he gets rock, paper, scissors to the face. Um, and uh, yeah, gosh, it's so goofy. There's a there's a couple of these just seemingly random like villain battles as they're adventuring to kind of break up just travel montages of sorts. It uh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They, did, they did a good job with it. And it felt true to the show, too, because I feel like they did the same thing. Like, in between Goku and Bulma going from place to place and the big points, there was always a fight with some random monster. I, I will say, too, that the costume that they have for Turtle is really freaking good. Like, I was mega impressed by the Turtle costume myself. What it's about you? Really, it's interesting because there are times when it's a puppet and there are times when it's literally someone in that costume. Yeah. I so, loved it. I thought it I, looked, I mean, apart from the coloring, because Turtle in the uh, anime is more brown, and this guy is like a bluish greeny green, yeah. kind of color. But everything it was else, legit. I, yeah, and I, his voice, whoever did his voice is great, and whoever did 
Um, Oolong. Oolong speaking in this movie is one of my favorite things in all of Dragon Ball <laughs> forever now because his voice actor is so freaking good. And I don't know how to describe it. You just have to watch. And when Oolong speaks, you cannot help but but laugh because he just has this goofy ass voice. So right. yeah, and it's you're so, so right. much fun to listen to. Gosh, that's funny. Uh, well, we we smash cut to another uh, area. They're on the beach. They're delivering the turtle to the sea. And we see Balma imagining like being here in her swimsuit for no reason at all. And then it smash cuts back to her daydream ending. And they see the turtle. And they see someone riding the turtle. And of course, it's Master Roshi. But he does the strangest thing. He gets off the turtle and is like, I've got a fart for you. And yeah. farts in the turtle's <laughs> face. Yep, he does. What in the world? He and says, then he just, good girl, I've got a fart for you. Yeah. <laughs> just blast it in his face. In like, her face, actually. Walks up to the crew and is like, hi, I'm Master Hoshi. I'm the turtle owner. It's insane. I, this is crazy. Uh, and it's, I, I noted here again, like, why does he have hair? This is the easiest one to replicate. Just don't have hair. But they gave him a bunch. Uh, well, anyways, he, he tries to summon something named Phoenix, but apparently Phoenix died years ago. And then he calls for a flying cloud for Goku and we get to see the Nimbus Cloud, and, and he explains that only the pure in heart can use it. He tries to jump up on it, falls through, and I gotta say, I love the way they did this gag, because it's just like a paper box or something that he just jumps through, and, and literally they sh- filmed him like crashing through. Yeah. Uh, and then Goku does a flip up, and I think they do that thing where he actually flipped off of it, but then they play it in reverse, so oh, yeah. it looks like he's flipping back up onto it. You can uh, even see a ladder in the background of some of those yeah. flips in this scene. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I really like the way that they handled the Nimbus. And then they've got like this shot of him. Either it's a camera on the ground pointed up at him and like the background is moving and he's standing on this like cloudy box. Or it's this weird little like puffball looking thing on a line just zooming around trees. Yeah, it swaps between the two. So when when you're seeing Goku on it, I think it's some sort of vehicle or maybe even like a giant cloud on casters of some Something kind that like they that, can yeah. tow. Uh, but yeah, when they do show that thing like zipping around on a rope, they just put like a black object on top of the cloud and then send it flying across the screen. <laughs> it's so stinking funny. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Everything about this movie is so much fun the first time you watch it. So yeah, K- Kinto Un is introduced here. Uh, Bulma wants a prize too. Um, and Roshi's like, well, I don't really have any other clouds, but he offers this uh, Dragon Ball. And she thinks it's a pearl at first, but on closer inspection, uh, she notices that it's a ball and she gets off really easy here um, because instead of uh, Roshi asking to see her chest, he c- kind of goes to yank the ball away from her once she he realizes how much that she wants it and uh, ends up pulling her in. And she like kisses him on the cheek and gets off really easy in this movie relative to I- every other anime adaptation of this scene. Yeah, I agree. And it's actually really funny, too, because initially Roshi asks Turtle, like, did she really help you? And he says, no, not really. And she has to argue, like, well, no, I gave you some salt. And he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> In the next scene, Goku leaps down off of Nimbus, uh, and then uh, he and Bulma are at a building somewhere, and they're calling for someone to answer. They enter this house, uh, and they get attacked by an old man with an axe who whacks Goku with it, but doesn't harm Goku at all. And so he starts, the man starts apologizing to Goku, but saying, sorry, Lord Oolong. And so now we're, we're kind of in that portion of the anime where they have come across the, uh, the, it looks like a, an abandoned village, but it's people hiding because Oolong is on his way to, uh, take home his new bride. So over dinner, the old man explains that Oolong is the shape-shifting monster that we all know and love who lives nearby and that he said he'd come for his daughter that day at noon to marry him or marry her, the, the daughter. And Bulma excitedly is like, he wants a wife. And so like sight unseen, Bulma is like thirsty for this Oolong guy at first. She gets really excited about this man who wants a wife. Um, but they explain that this is obviously this monster. They can't defend themselves against them. And then for some reason, Bulma's dragon radar just goes off and she asks if they have a ball like hers and shows a dragon ball. And the daughter, who's sitting three feet away from her, produces it from her pocket. <laughs> like, I don't know why the dragon ball radar chose that particular moment to beep when it was uh, that that close to her for that entire time. But Goku says he'll take care of Oolong in exchange for the ball. And the dad kind of uh, is diminutive towards him, says, but you're just a weak kid. And Goku gets all pouty, and he's like, I don't like it when people think I'm just a child. <laughs> well, he ends up deciding to, like, dress up and, and pretend to be the little girl anyways. We're introed to this 
super suave looking guy, like walking down a hallway. He's really creepy looking already. He's got this really kind of creepy grin on his face. And he sees this little girl or who he thinks is a little girl. It's actually Goku all dressed up. And he starts flirting with her and just like smiling and saying really creepy stuff. But Goku has to pee. So he like walks over to this light pole fire hydrant. Like there's literally a fire hydrant right next to it. And he just starts peeing on it. And this guy is like, you're peeing standing up. That's, you can't be my bride. And so Goku just walks over and like flips him over and beats the crap out of him. And his costume gets ripped off. It was yes. pretty cool. Yes, uh, it's like they had ropes on, attached to <laughs> yeah. it from the side and they just yank them. And you it's can insane. see it all, but it's so stinking funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so like Oolong turns into a robot. And this robot looks so much like one of the Power Rangers robots from like Mighty Morphin days. I right. was pretty stoked about it. Like a Megazord? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, he, he, they end up, like, fighting, and Goku takes him out with the power pole, and he zaps it. Like, it's, I guess the power pole can shoot, like, key blasts in this instead of extending. No, I think makes that, sense. Or yeah. is it trying to show that it's extending? Yeah, I think I had the same question, but on rewatch, I think that that was their way of depicting it extending, because later on when he uses it uh, in the, in the like, canyon-y area... I think he fires it at Yamcha and it leaves like a pole, like a, like a ovular depression in the, in the sand at the top. I don't know how to describe it, but I think that that little flash was, cause it does that same flash happens in the anime. Yeah. That like right. bright red flash. They just didn't have a really great way of showing the extension besides making it look like a beam, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty great. And so when he, knocks him with the power pole oolong's true form is revealed and it is this epic mask <laughs> this crazy. giant oolong head that's pretty accurate um it's and he incredibly also has accurate like a green like an olive green uh, army military type costume oh my gosh and they they end up with the dragon ball of course and then jump cut city because then they're just all on a jet ski <laughs> Dude, this like, felt, what is it, this it felt so much like tiger king yeah, yeah. Like, just right. random cuts to dudes on jet skis. And Goku's driving it for some reason? It's yeah, like, it's Goku's insane. driving this. Well, and the actor they got to play Oolong is, like, shorter than Goku. He, he's got to be younger. She's got, I don't know. They've got to be younger. And so they, they actually accomplished making Oolong smaller than Goku in this. So it looks great whenever you see, like, on this jet ski, it's Oolong and then Bulma and Goku. It, it's just too funny. Yeah. Uh, but then we see that uh, they like are being tracked down by Mai. Mai is like up in the mountains watching them and she turns into a freaking centipede. What the yeah. hell? Yeah. <laughs> it's I crazy. Did, I have so many notes right here. I said the Mai looking woman transform into a giant nopapede is what I wrote nopapede. down. Cause, yeah. yeah cause, that's right. Cause you don't like centipedes. I really do not. But the other thing that I have is why in the world is centipede when they're in the water? Like just who thinks I need to swim quickly and catch up to them? I know what'll do it. A centipede. What, where does that come from? Dolphins aren't intimidating, Adkins. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, fair, I guess. But do centipedes swim? Is that a thing that they're just like super known for? That I'm if, Okay, if they are known for swimming, don't tell me because I, I don't need to know things like that. <laughs> in curious. my head, I'm safe in the water from centipedes. I don't need to think that like some piece of algae underneath you know the the waves is potentially a centipede from now on oh man you don't want to know how fast a centipede can swim i really do not but in this movie <laughs> they it swims super fast it catches up to a jet ski yeah and no joke well while they're on the jet ski they're talking about where they're going they're headed towards uh, mount frying pan they are looking for the next dragon ball and oolong is really upset about this he doesn't like traveling apparently he like he, that, he, he says that so many times throughout the rest of this movie where he's just like i don't want to travel uh, but, uh, anyways, like you said, the centipede catches up right as Oolong decides that he's going to try to escape by turning into a fish. So Oolong is escaping, but then he's getting attacked by the centipede and Bulma's like, you got to save him. And Goku hops out and then he starts getting attacked by the centipede. Like Oolong just gets ditched almost immediately. It seems like, uh, so Mai and Goku are fighting off. And at first it seems like she's got him taken care of, but then he's able to fight off the centipede. It's, it's pretty crazy. I did think it was fair, too, in Oolong's defense that the, the being what is made out of bacon is afraid to go to Mount Frypan. That makes sense to me. Um, okay, that is actually, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, the, the whole fight. So he turns into a fish, but then when he's being attacked by the centipede, he's back into pig form. So I guess he's popped out of it or whatever. And then the fight between Mai and Goku is 
ridiculous. It's I mean, chaotic. <laughs> I just have WTF is this fight in my notes because <laughs> it's clearly whole portions of it are shot in reverse. Like when it wraps him up, yeah. it's clearly they had him wrapped up and then somebody just yanked it. Um, and then they shot it in reverse. And then there's a there's one shot in particular that had me laughing where Goku is like holding on to the head of the centipede and somebody just off screen has the tail and it's just making it rise and fall. <laughs> like it's somebody is clearly just off camera shaking the tail end of this thing up and down really quickly. And there, you, can, you can't not see it. And it's just glorious. And uh, it's also very clear that Goku is wearing a PFD in this entire scene because the way that he's trying to swim is like somebody in a life vest. Oh, oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah, it's insane. But we like immediately smash cut just out of nowhere. And it's the three of them like hiking in the plains area. Yeah, they they got away from Centipede Mai and uh, Oolong is hungry. He's still complaining he doesn't want to go. But Bulma says that she's got some jelly beans for him. And so uh, she he eats one and then he sneaks off when they take their first break while they're hiking. And when wondering how it is that they're going to find him, it's revealed that the candy that she gave him is this on-command laxative, and all she has to do is say the magic words, which is poo-poo in Korean, but it sounds like pee-pee to our English ears. Um, the subtitle is poo-poo. And uh, Oolong begins frantically digging a ditch and dropping trowel and doing his <laughs> business. And I mean, he has toilet paper on hand and everything. Which is convenient. And then there's this... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's prepared. He's a little Boy Scout. Um, and then there's this scene where Goku just straight up tortures him with the word. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like for, for like 30 or 40 seconds, is just torturing this pig with the magic word, well, wielding the magic words cruelly. And what's really funny is when they first start looking for Oolong, he's literally in the background. Like, you can see him in yeah. the shots. He's he's like 10 feet behind them. <laughs> yeah, and when he first ditched them, they he was literally beneath yeah. them, like sitting right up beneath where they were uh, perched atop a little, like a, in a, uh, an embankment. It's crazy. Well, we switch over and we see Poir, who is seeing everybody from like really far away, and you don't quite realize how far away until they transition to the cutscene where Yamcha and Poir are catching up. Uh, but she reports back over to Yamcha to, hey, like we got to go and check out these travelers that are headed our way. So. I gotta admit, Yamcha looks legit in this. Like they did such a good job with his costume, and and Poir is just a stuffed animal, but it looks incredible. I I like. And this has a cigarette in his mouth in this scene for some reason. Yeah, uh, which it's funny on uh, TV tropes they call that uh, smoking is cool. That's the TV trope. <laughs> yeah, and they do some weird. They do this occasionally in this movie. They're like, "Hey, we got to remind them that these are like not just regular humans." And so there's the scene where Yamcha's leaving his little cave, and he's just leaping up and then down and then flipping around and like repels down the mountain real fast. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all crazily shot. Uh, and then all of a sudden he's driving a convertible, and Puar is perched on his shoulder like a parrot. And this um, car is busted too. Like it's missing its hood. I mean, it's it, it's crazy looking. Yeah, Bulma and Puar are walking and tired while Goku rolls by all mockingly on Kintoon or on the Nimbus Cloud. <laughs> he like drives by them and they're all like ready to fall out. And he's just like, sup, guys. Um, yeah. Puar goes from I can't go on any longer. You mean Oolong? Or not Puar, yeah, Oolong. Oolong goes from I can't go on any longer to Mount Frying Pan is right on the other side of this mountain. He's just like, we just need to get there. Yeah, um, yeah. Bulma lays down for a nap, though, and this is when uh, Yamcha rolls up, and he's steering with his feet, and then the brakes fail, and then he has to leap in front of his car to stop it, and it runs him over, and it's really silly, but I, I gotta say, they, it, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was, it was drama. And it felt like Yamcha, too, like, so up his alley. Yeah, yeah it's totally, like, that kind of comedy. Uh, well, he demands that they hand over all of their money and Hoi Poi capsules, and Goku refuses, and so Yamcha's like, all right, well, then I'm going to have to punish you. And a pretty freaking cool fight scene ensues. I mean, the two of them are, like, in this weird, smoldering desert bog area, uh, and they're literally, like, hitting each other with key blasts and stuff, which I totally didn't expect. Like, I mean, it's not full-on key blasts. It's, like, Yamcha's using his, like, sword to send these, like, strikes, it looks like, and Goku's using the power pole. It's, it's pretty cool. He actually ends up blowing up a side of the mountain, and Yamcha's like, hey, where did you get that pole at? And, and Goku says his grandpa, and uh, Yamcha's like, yeah, I know Grandpa Gohan, I, I know the Grandmaster, but I didn't know he had a grandson. Uh, so Yamcha decides he's going to try this technique, uh, but Goku's able to dodge it. In fact, at least in my version, I feel like you and I might have watched different translations of this. Uh, in mine, Goku says he's able to dodge it because that's his special technique. 
Uh, so Yamcha does the wolf fang fist instead, which Goku wasn't able to defend against, but then trumps it with his rock, paper, scissors. And he actually gets a couple of good shots in on Yamcha at that point, too. I, I liked, too, in this scene, and, and they use this in the very end fight scene, too, this scene, this set piece, I guess, where it looks like rocky cliffs, but what it is is sand. And so they can show destruction relatively right. easily. So, like, when Goku uses the power pole and it what you said blows up the you know the cliff behind them they just knock away some sand but it works like i was like dang this is really smart the way that they did that uh, i also have in my notes that i have a goku jumps down off of a ladder to confront uh yamcha because you could see the ladder in this particular scene uh and we have a couple of good dragon ball stare downs in this in this fight too like 10 and 15 seconds at a time they're just staring at one another uh in their preferred martial arts pose of choice um but uh, in Yamcha's defense, he does block scissors with paper, um, which, you know, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for the gag of the scissors being the poking in the eyes. But I just realized when I was watching this the other day that paper beats scissors with that particular right. move. Um, but Yamcha grabs his sword again, and now they're suddenly standing over top of Bulma. Like the sheen, the scene shifts back to like the beach. Um, and Yamcha and Bulma lock eyes and Yamcha turns into basically Kaminari, just like turns into dumb. <laughs> yes, <Kaminari. laughs> totally. He totally does. Yeah. He's like imagining marrying her and, and then for some reason they're fighting and she knocks him out. It's weird. But Poirot like brings his attention back to reality and is asking him to wake up and, and he's like, oh, well, I'm dreaming about pretty girls. And then he just jumps in his car and leaves. <laughs> Yep, I had in my notes that even in his dreams, Yamcha still sucks. <laughs> oh, <poor Yamcha. laughs> he still strikes out. <laughs> uh, poor guy. But we're back at the capsule house, uh, and Yamcha walks up on them talking, the folks inside talking about the Dragon Balls. So now his plan is to steal them, and we do get a recreation of the Bulma shower scene where he's peeking through the window, and uh, Bulma drops her towel, and he's just staring. Puar wants to see, but Yamcha won't let him. And you do see uh, there's a hand... Like you, you see the hand shaking, shaking Puar, Puar. little Puar puppet's yeah. tail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we transition to a scene where we see young Chi Chi being attacked by, I believe it's Murasaki. Am I right on that? Or is that a different villain? I just have villains. It's a different okay, dude. I'll say that. Well, we transition to a scene with young Chi Chi being attacked by this villain. He's got this huge curved sword. Uh, but Chi Chi's like able to blow him up with her head blade. It's pretty cool. She screams like, I'm scared and like throws the head blade at him. And it does that recreation with the sand that you mentioned where like this explosion happens, sand goes everywhere and the actor just disappears. Uh, but yeah. it's awesome. Uh, so she blows him to smithereens. I actually looked up the uh, names for the two moves that Chi Chi busts out in this particular oh, really? scene. Yeah. So on the wiki named both of these names come from budokai tenkaichi 3 where like every move has a name in it because i think you equip them as capsules if i remember right how that game works um but so when she throws the blade from her helmet at her opponent um it's called stay away from me with an exclamation point <laughs> uh and then uh, the she she fires a key blast out of her helmet afterwards and that's the thing that uh kills the bad guy ultimately and it's just called that won't work <laughs> and I feel like seeing early renditions of Chi Chi that she kind of got cheated in Dragon Ball Z. And I don't know if it's just oh, yeah. because she became a mom or what, but she totally could have kept training and been up there with at least Krillin. Yeah, she got she got domesticated in Z. Um, I'd, I'd had in my notes, too, that there's this this dude's death scene is super dramatic. So he gets blown up. And he like stands back up and he stumbles down the side of this cliff and falls and then stands back up again and he wobbles and then falls back down again. And he took like 10 seconds to die. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Well, Yamcha sees this from afar and he's like, what does she have to be afraid of? <laughs> Oolong, Goku and Bulma arrive at Mount Frypan and it is a castle that is surrounded by fire, just like in the anime. Um, they're talking about Gaiyama, who... Oolong says is this, uh, I think he calls him a demon at one point or a he monster. He says the devil who, himself in my version. There you go. Um, but uh, Bulma's radar goes off, so she's sure that this Dragon Ball is in the castle. Um, so Goku goes to scope it out on Nimbus, and Gaiyama ends up attacking Oolong and Bulma. Um, and he's his costume is strange. Um, he's got uh, like pink everything, pink facial hair, pink clothes. Um, he throws uh, an axe that explodes. And he has uh, a hairy helmet with horns and goggles, which is very much like what the Ox King rocked sure. in early Dragon Ball yeah, as well. Yeah, he, he wants to know why they're there. He asks if they've seen his daughter, but obviously they haven't. I mean, they just showed up there. And then he's just like, all right, well, I'm going to kill both of you. 
And Goku flies in. He saves the day. There's an awesome fight here. Uh, Bulma tries to actually help out in the middle of this fight, but the Ox King just levitates her and then like drops her, which would be pretty yeah, devastating, what? actually. But what was all that? Did he do? He did. He didn't have any powers he like that in the he anime, didn't even right? Fight them in the anime. Like there was none of this happened like this in the anime. <laughs> so, like I know the Ox King is strong, but like yeah, he's using like telekinesis on well, Bulma and on. Ulog. So he is powerful and he he is really strong. But he even says that he wasn't able to do, replicate the Kamehameha wave. So he wasn't that strong. Like he he wasn't able to surpass. I mean, I don't know. And I don't want to say an average human. He's he's not surpassing Krillin at that point or anything. Well, he plants Bulma, like you say, yeah. where all you can see is her hand sticking up out of the sand. And then for Oolong, he scares Oolong, who will, whips out nunchucks, which is a thing in <laughs> this movie. Which is awesome. And is thre- threatening Gaiama or the Ox King with the nunchucks. And Gaiama scares him, and he falls back into this little depression in the sand, pre-dug pit kind of thing. And then he just flaps his cape. The Ox King flaps his cape and buries him in the sand, too. And I was, and Goku thinks all of this is hilarious, yeah. by the way. He's, like, standing there laughing while he's watching all this go well, down. Well, he, he swoops in, though, on the Nimbus cloud. And the Ox King is like, hey, where did you get that cloud from? And Goku's like, oh, Roshi. And Ox King is just like, oh, yeah, that was my master. It was kind of like, a, oh, my mom's name's Martha, too. <laughs> yep, yep. I had that same thing in my notes. And so he, he's just like, well, hey, dude, since we're bros now, how about you go ask Roshi to bring back uh, this feather and or, you know, go get Roshi so he can put out the fire with this this fan that he's he's talking about. I think they, it's like a phoenix feather or something in the show or the phoenix fan. I, I feel like it has a name. Yeah, it's it was a fan. Yeah. And in the anime, he's he doesn't know where it is. Right. Either. He, he doesn't. He's misplaced it in this as well or sold it or Something, yeah. Something. Well, they agree to help as long as they hand over the, or you know, the Ox King hands over the Dragon Ball, uh, and then we just like smash cut to Goku finding her. Like it's just immediately there happening, and she agrees to go uh, with him. I mean, there's no if and or buts here. She was just hanging out, like I guess waiting after she destroyed that guy. I think she like had passed out. Maybe is that what it was? Like in the de- that's what okay. it seemed like. She was wandering in the desert and fell out. And there's this weird thing that I thought might come up in the movie here later but it doesn't where she goes to climb up on top of the nimbus and she grabs goku's tail and this makes goku all weak and faint and he falls off and he explains when someone pulls my tail it saps my strength and yamcha overhears this so you think that that's like huh yamcha has this potentially useful piece of information now but it never comes back like says it out loud like there's so much foreshadowing there but he doesn't use it i'm convinced that they were setting it up for a second movie (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh oh man please please lord deliver me a second one of these that would be awesome we transition back over to oolong and bulma who has been captured by the ox king i mean i say captured like he's not killing them immediately like he originally said but he is kind of holding them hostage and he, oolong wants to leave but bulma threatens to shoot him if he does i mean she just pulls a gun out of nowhere and she's like holding it to his head it's pretty crazy uh but goku and chi chi find roshi they talk about the fan and it turns out he's lost it just like we've seen before and he goes to like ask turtle where the fan is initially and it's it's nuts because he starts beating up the turtle and then the turtle just bites his balls yeah <laughs> and he I, yeah it happens and it's a thing and like it's crazy uh but and like does it just like snap at him and like he is latched on to roshi's it's junk full for... on, like bad grandpa style if you know what i'm if you yeah, know you yeah. know <laughs> Right, right. And, and it's funny, too, because in this scene, the Kami house is just a literal cardboard cutout. Yeah, like on the side of this <laughs> in, beach. In the background. <laughs> yeah, it's just like leaning up against some rocks yeah, or something. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, uh, yeah, after the uh, turtle assault and then the uh, assault of the turtle, um, Roshi does admit that he's lost it, but he'll put the fire out himself. And he asks if Bulma will be there, and that is in the affirmative. So he calls for Gamera. Uh, which is another turtle. He is initially refusing to ride this turtle, Turtle Turtle. Uh, but then Turtle Turtle reminds him that Roshi had eaten Gamera, uh, <laughs> which kind I, of disturbing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Why do you hang out with the guy that is known for eating turtles and take that kind of abuse, I guess. But um, he tells Turtle to fly then. Uh, and Turtle says that he's too heavy, but he tries anyway. And Roshi ends up, it, it's this scene <laughs> is like 16 seconds of nonsensical shots of Roshi and Turtle just flying through the air. Sometimes Roshi's on Turtle and sometimes he's not. <laughs> and they apparently sort it out because he does arrive to um, the, uh, to, to Mount Frypan on Turtle's back. But man, 
that's it's just like again it's one of those times in the movie where they're like hey by the way these people these things can fly and then they just showcase it for you know a quarter of a minute at a time and always with the same sound effect too which is this annoying like whooshing wind sound that they use over and over and over again the entire yeah. movie yeah it's uh it's pretty <laughs> so much about the turtle stuff just is like it's borderlining that disturbing and funny line you know what i mean well once goku and roshi show up uh <laughs> Roshi is, again, very violent with the turtle, but he steps over to the Ox King, and he, like, it, this whole scene is really kind of strange, because he pulls Bulma over, and I'll be honest, I think, I was watching a YouTube edit of this, you can also catch this on the archive.org, but I think my copy of this might have been edited just a bit here, because he, like, forces the Ox King to bend over, and he sits on top of the Ox King, pulls Bulma in front of him, and he's trying to, like, it seems like he's trying to like feel Bulma up, but the Ox King keeps interrupting because he's like, Hey, oh, aren't yeah. you going to put my fire out? Like, what are you doing? You know? And Roshi keeps telling him to shut up. But then in my version, it was like, he tries to grope Bulma. She shrugs him off and then it cuts and it's him like beating up on, uh, the Ox King. Yeah. Again. So I don't yeah. know if he was successfully groped. I don't know what happened there, but it was a very clear cut. In fact, the colors of the like film changed for a second. And then it like, dialed back in it was very odd uh but regardless the ox king stands up knocks roshi over on top of bulma and i guess this gets his rocks off and he's happy with it and he decides that's good enough he's gonna help but bulma in the meantime is like wow the turtle guy's a perv (laughs) she's catching on she's figuring this out (laughs) this is maybe my favorite like practical effects in the entire movie here because Roshi takes off his shirt and he's this old flabby old man. Um, But then what they do is they cut away to showing just arms or just the chest and torso and not his face all at the same time. And it's some, you know, some stand in who's like a bodybuilder. And I was like, this is such a freaking smart way of this is like this is how I would have to do it if I were shooting you know, in a home video parody of Dragon Ball. This is the, how they did it was exactly how I would have done it. And it worked so stinking well. But it's so funny because when they cut back to his face, it's like his neck really far stretched out and he's just like, Ehh. yeah, like, <laughs> and he's grimacing <laughs> yeah, a ton. It's great. Even Bulma's taking notes. She's like gasping and looking him up yeah, and down. Yeah. <laughs> um, he does fire a yellow beam at the castle. Um, so it's, I mean, it's supposed to be the Kamehameha, but the Kamehameha is never yellow. No, but you know, Quar um, does, at least in my version, says, like, oh, wow, that's the Kamehameha wave. So they, they call it out in my version. I don't remember seeing that. But, well, and uh, I thought it was weird yeah, that Poir knew that out of nowhere. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, he do, he blows up a, the castle or at least a model of it, um, <laughs> which, I mean, it's the effects. It's this like cardboard castle that they set on fire and then knock over, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that power of that beam manages to scare Yamcho and Puar off. They they just are like, nope. They they just nope out of there. Yeah. Well, Goku immediately turns around and tries to do a Kamehameha wave. And again, Roshi's like, you can't do that. It took me 50 years to learn it. And then Goku does it. And everybody's very shocked. And Roshi, out of nowhere, is just like, oh, wow, this must be the son that, you know, Gohan adopted. And uh, Ox King is like, yeah, I'd heard that he adopted a grandson. And, and Roshi's just like, hey. How about you come back to my island? I want to teach you everything. Yep, and Goku says that he will do so after they have all the balls, and then Roshi sticks his hair up his nose for some reason and sneezes, and everybody falls down, and there's no explanation for it whatsoever. Yeah, uh, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> he says, like, he tells them to wait or something like that, and then he forces his one of his little head bed skirt ponytail things up, up his nose and sneezes. It is it's very weird. weird. We cut to Pilaf, who's mean mugging at the camera and saying that his time has come. And this is where he sends Murasaki, who is the people, the, the person that I think people online are calling Nappa. It's not like Murasaki is from Dragon Ball. That name is the name of the uh, like purple garbed ninja guy from early Dragon Ball. Um, it's just he's not a purple ninja guy, although he does have some ninja henchmen. He in does this have movie. ninja henchmen. Um, so yeah, you're right. Maybe that's but the he's, connection he's in there, like but... Saiyan armor and he's bald. So I can see why people are making the connection. Yeah, yeah. And then we cut to Yamcha spying on Oolong, Goku, and Bulma. Um, Bulma is wearing maybe her most accurate outfit in this in this scene. I thought that it was like lifted straight out of the anime. Super good. Uh, and they're sneaking into a cave with the radar. Uh, Yamcha manages to sneak in behind them, but so does Murasaki. And then this 
fantastic sword fight breaks out. Like the the choreography in this fight might be some of my favorite in the whole movie between Murasaki and Goku. Yeah, it's really awesome. Uh, and it leads to Bulma and Oolong like getting into this like mine cart and then they just fly off while random ninjas come out of nowhere and chase them in another mine cart. It was pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, and they're firing guns at them, but they're really just Roman candles. Like they... <laughs> This movie uses fireworks as stand-ins for lots of things, and this is one of those yeah. times, and it's it's genius. Like, it's it fits so well for, like, the feel of this movie that they're just shooting Roman candles. Goku ends up shooting Roman candles out of the end of his, uh, uh, his power pole later on in this movie as well. It goes from being a sparkler to being a Roman candle in the same shot, in the same fight. It's so well, weird. Well, and Oolong is throwing fireworks at them. It's supposed to be like a bomb, and that's how he takes out the ninja. Uh, and then Yamcha like runs into the main group and Bulma and him are like flirting and it gets kind of weird here for me. Uh, but he says that he's there for backup. Uh, and then I think this is where her outfit changes again, doesn't it? I didn't make note of another costume I change. Here. I think this is all still part Maybe of that same is, yeah. scene. Well, they run into Murasaki again and Goku has to fight off him and all of his warriors. It's another really cool battle scene. Like you said, the choreography for these fights are amazing. Uh, but Goku takes him out with an awesome key blast. Uh, and then, like, Pilaf summons them or something? I don't know. They just randomly yeah. are, like, there up above ground. They're no longer in the cave. So I guess it was Pilaf that summoned them to the surface. And then this just robot shows up, and he's demanding the Dragon yep. Ball. So they've got to fight this guy off. And I don't. we're not even <laughs> sure that he's a member of Pilaf's army. Like, we've not seen him yet, have we? No, Pilaf has not had any... Uh, any connection to our group of heroes so far. Uh, and I do think that he kind of magicked them in front of this Gundam looking robot. Um, Goku goes to rush in, but Oolong stops him and takes his place after whacking himself with his nunchucks. Um, and, but he just gets yeah, bodied by one this robot. Shot just get, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get the crack kicked out of him. So then Goku drop kicks the robot um, down and it stands back up like stiff as a board. Like, like it doesn't bend or use its arms or anything. It just, I think, it, I think what they had done for this shot was have this dude in the robot costume stand stock still and then just fall straight backwards on his back and then played it in reverse. Yeah, it was strange. Like, it's so strange. Well, and apparently the thing yeah. that they're trying to get across is that like this robot can't be harmed because Yamcha right. then whistles for his car. His car shows up and he's like, guys, I got this. And he hops in his car that's now flying and starts attacking the robot left and right. And so he's using his, like, sword to almost kind of, it looks like key blast, but I, I think they're just supposed to be enhanced sword slashes or something. Uh, but he's landing nothing, like, nothing is taking effect. And then randomly, Bulma's, like, looking in the mirror of his car, putting on makeup, and the robot looks in the mirror, and the mirror cracks, and the robot blows up. And they're all like, thanks, Bulma. I, what yeah, happened? It, it was a gag kind of, it was a gag lifted. I think it's borrowed from um, Conan... Uh, the destroyer, the like 1980 something Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, because there's a battle in that where Conan is fighting a wizard, I want to say, and to damage it or to kill it, he has to break all these mirrors. And that Bulma freaked out when she saw the monster in the mirror and threw her little um, like makeup okay. compact mirror thing at it and busted it. But it was also strange that she just paused in the middle of this fight and was touching up her makeup and everybody's chill. They were talking about, you know, what are we going to do when we get the Dragon Balls or something? Like, it just turned into this, like, mundane conversation when there's a giant killer robot right next to them. Man, that... <laughs> it, the pacing was really I have strange. never seen Conan, so that whole scene was like... I was... It just really threw me. I was like, what happened? I thought they were trying to insinuate that maybe Bulma was, like, so ugly she broke the mirror, which then in turn blew up the <laughs> robot. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> no, I think... I think that that's what the that's what it reminded me gotcha. of, even if the inspiration wasn't really okay, there. Okay. Well, we transition over to Mai, who is reporting into Pilaf that they didn't get the Dragon Balls, which makes me more confused because I'm like, I don't know how this robot guy got here, and we don't know who summoned them up to the surface. It just felt strange. Uh, but then when the group is like trying to leave this cave area, they're trapped. So I I don't know. They just got trapped. I have no idea how they transitioned here. I don't know if I missed something. But it felt very weird. Uh, and Pilaf is investigating them, like asking them, shaking them down for the Dragon Balls, and she claims that they don't have them. Uh, but, you know, Pilaf shows up with his cronies and, and pretty much just locks them up in the castle and I guess takes the Dragon Balls. Like, I felt like all of this was really weird. Yeah, he gasses them so that he can retrieve the right. Dragon Balls from them. Uh, 
And then he, like, he, it looks like he has cigarettes shoved up his nose, but uh, the other two cronies have legit gas masks. Um, and uh, this is where, and this is all fairly accurate to the anime as well. Them being trapped, Goku trying to use a Kamehameha to bore their way out, but he can't quite, he's not strong enough right now is, is the, uh, uh, where they land, but Bulma's looking through the hole that he managed to make, which is about the size of a fist, and she sees Pilaf in front of the Ep- Epcot Center for <laughs> right? some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I asked my wife about that. I was like, what is this? That's Ep- Epcot, isn't it? She goes, yeah, I guess it is. It is. is. <laughs> um, but he's he's at Epcot now for some reason, and uh, he's summoning the dragon, and uh, they send out Oolong because he can transform into something small like a bat. Uh, I think it's the suggestion that Bulma makes and escapes. Um, so the, the, the rest of this movie, uh, is like Shinron looks like something you'd see at a stone mountain laser show. Like if you don't know what that looks like, just a laser show. I thought like it was it's, cool. It's, I mean, it looks like they took yeah. literal artwork, like line art, not, not colored filled in of a dragon of Shinron and overlaid it on the castle. I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. And Pilaf is trying to, he's, he's being over again, just over the top. And he's gonna He has every opportunity to make his wish because Oolong escapes, but he's fretting about what he's supposed to do. So we have this like minute long exchange where Pilaf is slowly building up to making his wish where he's like, grant me, grant me. And he's like saying the same thing over and over again. Well, finally, Oolong figures out that he can wish snipe, which is something that he's been known to do. So he wishes for a lot of panties. Uh, and so maybe like a dozen of them fall down on on him and Pilaf as they're standing next to one another. And Pilaf yells, screw you, and then attacks Oolong with finger beams. And this was kind of violent. Yeah. Like this scene of Oolong wriggling in pain, like yeah, on the ground. Like Pilaf straight up turns into Darth Sidious and is like freaking red lightning uh, Pilaf here, like trying to fry him into some bacon. And they just fall into this desert area. It's like the same area that Goku fought Yamcha earlier. And uh, right. Pilaf is saying that he's going to kill and eat Oolong. And he, he's hitting him with red lightning. Like, it's, it's pretty dark. Uh, but Goku is able to blow a hole through some sand. I guess they were trapped, like, right next door. I don't know. So they, Yeah, they, were, they could see Pilaf from where, like, when he was but making But they the seem wish. like the distance is really far away. And then here, it's like they're literally, like, 10 feet away. But regardless, it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. It's, it's awesome. Uh, so <laughs> they, they end up showing up to save Oolong. And they, it's weird because when they first show up, all three of them are, like, making fun of Pilaf. And Pilaf is, like, not someone to be messed with, I don't feel like. I mean, they literally just saw him wrecking Oolong. So it just felt weird to me that they were making fun of him. I mean, yeah, I mean, but it is Oolong, I guess, one, yeah, that's um, true. That, that he was wrecking. And they they were mocking him, kind of like Goku was just doing whatever Balma right. was doing. Um, because he, Pilaf, for long stretches of the rest of this movie is like just making all these weird faces at them and so that's what goku and then bulma and then yam should do back at him like you're gonna mean mug at us we're gonna mean mug back um but then the cronies come and mai ends up facing off against goku and goku mercilessly beats this woman <laughs> just down. like key blaster to hell. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just destroying this woman uh she ends up taking her coat off and shows some kind of like armor but then goku just blasts her into oblivion and she's just gone yeah <laughs> i was like what is going on and then shu is fighting oolong and oolong is actually pretty handy with the nunchucks uh but there is this comedy bit where he like drops one and then he's like trying to scoot it towards him with his foot without taking his eyes off a of shoe. Um, so he picks them up and uh, he runs behind shoe and checks his oil, which is like <laughs> he takes his nunchuck and just shoves it up shoes behind, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, so then shoe just starts beating the crap out of Oolong until uh, Oolong calls like he pulls the equivalent of like a timeout and then and then psychs him out and starts going on his own assault all over again. Uh, but the tide turns back into the goons favor quickly enough. And Yamcha has to step in and he throws this giant flag, like a javelin through shoe from like a hundred yards away. And then when it pierces him, the dude just blows up for reasons. <laughs> awesome. I guess it's because he's a robot. <laughs> why not? <laughs> because the budget allowed it. That's why that's right. More yeah. fireworks. We got some more fireworks. Who do we want to blow up at the right? end? Of this well, so they transition over to Pilaf who is like laughing and powering up. It's a pretty creepy scene kind of, and he just lights the ground on fire and he's like shooting fireballs at the group. And Goku swoops in and starts fighting, and this is where they recycle a lot of scenes of them like oh jumping gosh. literally all over the place. Yep. And can I just read my notes for a I second? I would love it to hear that because this <laughs> the ending here is insane. So for this scene where you're saying that they recycled all this footage, 
Here's how my notes read verbatim. Goku jumps up and down a cliff. Pilaf jumps up and down a cliff. Goku jumps up and down a cliff. Pilaf jumps up and down a cliff. Goku jumps up and down a cliff. Pilaf jumps up a cliff and then gets sucker punched by Oolong. (laughs) Yeah, like Oolong just intercedes out of nowhere. And and then at yes. one point, like Oolong is totally getting wrecked by Pilaf. Like Pilaf is just messing him up. And then Goku takes back over, but Pilaf starts overpowering him. And Pilaf is like firing key blasts at Goku. It gets pretty crazy, it, but not as crazy as it continues to be. Like Turtle oh, yeah. shows up and is just like, hey guys, I got this and starts kicking the crap out of Pilaf. I, this is nuts. Like it gets so crazy. And P- Pilaf gets taken down by Turtle. And they're all congratulating him. And they're like, oh, man, Turtle, you did it. You're great. And then Goku and Oolong are just like, all right, let's do this. Let's take him out. And they all do a Kamehameha blast at Pilaf, and he explodes into a billion pieces. It's... Yep. (laughs) Oolong did a Kamehameha blast. What the heck? It's nuts. And then, like, Yamcha and Bulma just come out of hiding. Poir is nowhere to be seen. Like, Poir just disappears halfway through this movie. Uh, (laughs) And they ask Oolong, they're like, so... Why did you wish for panties? And he says, "Well, to be honest with you, I stole Bulma's last night. I needed to get her a new pair." Yeah, well, he yeah, and he he kind of gets a little bit of redemption here at the end because he says, "Truth is, yesterday I pissed my pants and grabbed some of Bulma's panties, and I just wanted to repay her with some new ones." But then Goku still punches him yeah. for it. I was like, "He did a good thing. He was trying to be a good citizen pig." Um, but Goku punches him anyway, and then Bulma says, "I guess I don't have to wish." Uh, the dragon, uh, I don't have to, I guess I don't have to wish for the dragon to give me the perfect man anymore and cuts her eyes over at Yamcha who gets all flustered and Turtle stands up on his hind legs again and then Koku kicks it in the crotch area and announces that it doesn't have a dick so it must be a girl and then everybody laughs and then the whole crew of the cast comes together like a big curtain call and we're thanked for watching the movie and that's So my end. ending was just translated a bit differently. Uh, mine has the the ending with Bulma saying she would have wished for a boyfriend, and then Goku's like, "Well, the turtle's a boy, so uh, you know you can always be with him." It's like oh, the opposite. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, and it is different because they keep calling Turtle a girl in this whole movie. Yeah, they so. didn't mention that at all in this one, and and not only that, but it was definitely insinuated that uh, <laughs> that Oolong just stole her underwear. There was nothing about him pissing his own. So I think my <laughs> gotcha. version might have been the dirtier side. Yeah, and there's no way of telling there's which no one way. was was the right well, version. I actually oh saw gosh. if you go on to archive.org, which is a really cool website that just archives things of the internet. Someone commented on this and was like, "Wow, I'm glad someone finally figured out the subs for this one. I capped this years ago when there were no subs, and I was the first person to even find and do the captions for this. So like that just blew my mind. I'm like, wow, that's crazy." This movie is a must-watch experience for Dragon Ball fans. Just once, like I will, I'll admit, like like Adam did earlier, first viewing is a freaking trip. It is a roller coaster ride. Second time through, it's a little tedious because this movie is almost two hours long. Uh, it's like an hour and forty-five yeah. minutes, easily the longest thing that we're maybe ever going to watch in this in in all of Kyo Cinema. I think most of the movies, even that were theatrical length, were like an closer hour. to an hour, yeah, hour and, and a half, twenty minutes or so. Uh, I I gotta say though, I really enjoyed it. Like for what it is, I think it's awesome, especially for its time too. Like I would love to have known how much money they spent to make this movie. This this is a Me this too. is crazy. I was looking all over the internet trying to find a budget listed for this, but I couldn't find it. Um, I will make this prediction too. So we are going to watch at least two other live action versions of Dragon Ball movies. Um, one of which is the the one that most people think of when you say live action Dragon Ball, which is Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, and then there's, a, I think, a Taiwanese version that we'll get to in a few weeks yep. as well. I th- I'm going to go ahead and say... This is going to be the best live action Dragon Ball on our list right oh, now. Yes, Unless no. something happens over the next couple of years, this movie was super fun to watch, stuck really close to the source material, did well for what it was, where it was filmed, when and how it was filmed. I thought that it was fantastic. I agree. And I've seen the other two movies. I already a thousand percent agree with you. This one will be much, much higher on the list. Uh, so I got to ask you, what is your rating? Uh, you know, we're doing the out of seven. How many Dragon Balls do you give this? So I'm going to give this a five. Oh. I was thinking about a 4.5. Wow. And here's why. Yeah. 
I I just I will say, like I said, on second viewing, I I think that like if I were grading this, you know, like state if, if it wasn't the first time I had ever seen it, I think it would be closer to like a three ish maybe. But the first watch of this is so good that I couldn't not rate it high. I mean, it was just a freaking fun thing yeah. to do. I gave it a 5.5. 5. Yeah, okay. I like this movie a lot. Like first watch through, I almost gave it a six, but I felt like that was really high. Uh, I didn't want to rank it higher than Bardock. I like this. I like Bardock way higher. So way higher. I like Bardock way more. Much, much more. more. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It it's it really is a fun thing. I mean, even if I think it's way more fun if you're familiar oh, with the totally. Dragon Ball stuff. Yeah. If course. you didn't know anything about Dragon Ball, you may hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, "Why it's is true. the pig shooting things out of its fist?" Um, but definitely, highly recommend recommend this Agreed. watch. Um, a- apart from any kind of rating, even if we had rated it poorly, it was just it was new. Uh, and just the on experience alone, I, I recommend that you find this and watch it. You cannot, there's not any easy way to do it. Their only like legal way to buy it is like on shady VHS yes. dealings. Didn't you say one of them sold for like $200? Yeah, I was going to say, so there was one that apparently sold in 2013 on eBay for $215. Uh, but, Good you know, Lord. the fact is like it's archived on archive.org, which has got the copyrights for everything that they've got, I'm pretty sure. So that's technically a legal way to watch it if you're interested. That's kind of okay, like the library cool. of the internet. So I, gotcha. I don't know that for a fact, yeah. but I feel that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Definitely go go and watch this. Come back and, and listen to this episode again. It's just we, we can't listen. Everybody else is going. If you're a Dragon Ball fan, you've probably seen all of the other movies. Odds are very high you haven't seen this. Take it from us. You need to. You need to have seen Fight Son Goku, win Son Goku, 100%. Absolutely. Well, what do we watch in here in the next two weeks? I think it's Lord Slug, isn't it? It is. We get to go back um, to uh, like Dragon Ball Z official content and watch uh, Dragon Ball Z colon uh, Lord Slug, which is the uh, one where Goku kind of goes Super Saiyan, question mark? Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about that when yeah, it comes up. Yeah, I'm looking up. forward to it. And there's more Namekians, which is cool. I mean, Namekians become a dime a dozen, you know, during the Frieza saga a little bit, but... Um, it's still, it's still cool. He does, he does different stuff. Lord Slug. He's a different kind of Namekian, uh, Namekian yeah, bad guy. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun one. Well, if you enjoyed the episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or the podcasting application of your choice. It helps get the word out and, uh, gets, you know, the podcast out to other people that may not have seen it before. So we would really appreciate it. And don't forget to hop in our discord. We love having folks in there. We have a lot of fun discussions. Um, I'm sure this movie will be talked about quite a bit once this releases. Agreed. And if you're not doing so already, find us on Twitter at at Almighty Pod. Um, and it would be a big bonus for us as far as visibility is concerned, in addition to an iTunes rating, is just, just to give a, a quick RT, a retweet of any of the uh, postings that we do that includes a link uh, to either an episode of Kyo Cinema or to Almighty Podcast. That'll help us kind of break outside of our own little bubble uh, and into yours and into the lives of other people who might enjoy uh, following uh, our journey through all of the Dragon Ball movies, just as and you are. And if you like My Hero Academia, be sure to check out our other podcast, which is Almighty Podcast. Uh, we've covered all of the My Hero Academia TV shows, the movies, and we are currently going through Vigilantes. So we're near the end of that. Uh, be sure to check it out on the other Mondays that Kyo Cinema releases. Outside of opposite, opposite. others. Yeah. I like to make things up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You've done it a couple times. I, this I'm episode, pretty sure I have. I think that this is, <laughs> this is a good place to stop. We'll see you guys in two weeks for Lord's Luck. See Slug. ya.